Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. The Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here today. We were expecting to have a breakdown of the game against the Chicago Bulls, but of course, health and safety protocols have sidelined the Hornets for a couple of games now. So we have a chance to get to know some of the members of the coaching staff a little bit better. And there's one who's had a very unique season in that he has been an assistant coach for the Hornets and is now the head coach of the Greensboro Swarm in the G League bubble. He's Jay Hernandez, and he's kind enough to join us from the bubble in Orlando here today on the Hornets Hivecast. Coach, thanks so much for your time. I uh, appreciate you having me on. We're excited to talk to you and excited to see the performances from some of the young future stars of the NBA that you've got with you down in the bubble. Team-wise, off to a 1-3 and three start. How have you felt about how the team has performed getting out of the gates? Very unique circumstances with 11 days quarantining and, you know, a bunch of rookies, you know, that we have. So, you know, a lot of these teams came in heavy, you know, loaded with Simon players. They, they took flex assignments from other teams and, you know, they came in here you know, to, to try to battle and win some games. And, and you know, obviously our, our main focus with Greensboro right now is to develop. And, you know, a byproduct of developing is, is providing that winning mentality, you know, and then hopefully going out there and winning games after after the development, you know, takes part. You know, obviously we want our players to make sure that they're ready to come back to the Hornets, you know, knowing the system, knowing how they need to play in order to get meaningful minutes with the Hornets franchise. And seeing some very, very positive things from our guys so far. I felt like game one. Guys are just getting their feet wet. You know, game two, wasn't too happy with with the way we performed. Thought that we got away from some of the things that we've been focusing on. Game three, we came out and really locked in. You know, and then yesterday, we saw a very, very talented team in Delaware. You know, I think they're maybe one or two right now in defensive rating. 
you know, one or two in offensive rating. They're undefeated right now, and, you know, they gave us all we could handle, and it's just a, a great learning lesson. That's the fun part about this process is that uh, everything's just development, learning, and uh, helping these guys mature. In terms of individual development, we've already seen the the fruits of your labor benefit the Hornets. Jalen McDaniels, an early call-up, he went from scoring 20 points per game in the G League right into a contributing role with the Hornets, so already it paying dividends. One player who's caught a lot of attention from fans up here in the Queen City with his performance down in the bubble is Vernon Carey, second-round pick of the Hornets this last year. Did not play much in preseason action but he's played a ton for you he's top five in the g league in scoring right now at over 23 points per game averaging just shy of a double double a contest i think he's at nine and a half boards he's shooting 58 percent from the field he's made a three he's gone up head to head with some former nba players and more than held his own he looks great to me from what i've been able to see how does he look to you yeah, he's, you know, Vern is the uh, same thing. He's just been listening. He's been working. You know, we see the improvement from, from game one to game four already. You know, and that that's what the beauty of this whole thing is. You know, again, Vern being able to call out the coverages and, you know, being in those coverages, you know, every single time is, is a big deal, right? We, we, need, we need guys, we need mobile bigs that can defend multiple players on the court, you know, especially when they get switched on to them. And, and we need guys that can really be loud, early loud and continuous with, the, with their coverages so our, our guards can get guys you know pushed in one direction or another or know what's coming and you know, that's that's one area that we've been really trying to focus with him obviously we've seen you know the scoring from him he's doing a much better job of finding a body in transition and sealing guys and being physical he's so strong i don't think sometimes he knows how strong he is and he's got great touch you know so that combination is, is hard to come by next progression you know again continues to be playmaking being able to get the ball in the pocket and, and make the right reads, you know, once he gets into the paint, whether it's a kick swing on, on the weak side or, you know, go to the basket and finish. So, you know, those, those are some of the, the areas that we've been trying to focus on. And I thought he's done a, a great job of just locking in and, and continuing to improve and, and get those mental reps. You know, the film sessions have been really, really valuable to him. I've already started to hear it from some radio hosts in town and other podcast hosts as well as fans on social media that Vernon Carey is tearing it up in the G League, so that means he should be ready to come in and not just play, but you know maybe be on his way to starting for the Hornets. I don't want to sell him short because he's clearly talented. The Hornets drafted him that high for a reason, and the numbers speak for themselves, but... The G League is a step down from the NBA, and particularly at center, I think. There's a big difference between going up against G League centers and going up against Joel Embiid and NBA centers and putting up these kinds of numbers. So in your opinion, working with them every day, where is Vernon on that process? And maybe project a little bit, where could he end up in the pantheon of NBA centers in the present game? Yeah, I think... uh... Vern is right where he needs to be right now. He needs his time to get these these overall reps. You know, like I said, it's uh, one thing to put up numbers, and there have been a lot of guys, you know, that have put up numbers in the G League and, and never really got a great opportunity at the NBA level because it, it all comes down to what you're doing. Does it match what the, the parent club needs? And everything that we've seen from the Hornets, uh, you've been there. The assist percentages are there. You know, our, our defense from Cody and Biz and – uh, even PJ, when he's at the five, the versatility there, you know, uh, calling out coverages, knowing and seeing the NBA game. One thing about our, our guys right now, they know, you know, based on alignments, what's coming. You know, right now, that, that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing for quarterbacks in the NFL to do. You hear guys all the time talking about, 
you know, becoming all-stars in the NFL as quarterbacks, but, you know, they still couldn't see the game, you know, necessarily until year three or year four. You know, Mahomes mentioned after even the Super Bowl, he still wants to get to the point where he can see the game and not, not just relying on coach to, to call some of the plays for him. And I think that's where, you know, this, this experience is going to be huge because a lot of these teams right now are running, you know, your basic NBA sets. And as he gets to do this consistently, you know, his defense is going to be phenomenal from a team-based standpoint. I, I really feel confident in a one-on-one setting that, that he can keep guys in front, contest, and, and even in the post, he's strong. He can keep guys from getting too deep into the paint. So that's going to be the big thing right there. You know, like I said, offensively, just understanding those little nuances that we talked about. When to really set a screen, other times when it's just to touch and go. All those things are, are things, you know, at the next level when guys are um, – you know, longer, they're more experienced, and, you know, obviously there's, there's overall better players. You have to be that much better for, for that setting. So I think Vern is, is going to continue to grow here. I, you know, I, I definitely see him coming back after this bubble experience, ready to play some minutes, and, and you know, coach utilize him the way he sees fit. So I can't really speak on that, but, you know, he's definitely, he's, he'll be ready. You know, that's the one thing, you know, after this, this is what the whole point of this was, 15 games at a minimum with another training camp and him getting all those reps. You know, it's it's definitely something that he's going to benefit from, uh, the Hornets benefit from as well, and that's why we value this G League experience so much. Tell me about your two two-way players. We've got Grant Riller, who is shooting 38% from three, a very solid percentage there, and then Nate Darling, who unfortunately we didn't get a chance to see during the preseason due to injury, but he's averaging close to 10 points per game for you now down in the bubble. How are they doing? Yeah, again, we had uh, Grant early on. We had to manage him a little bit. He was, he was kind of nursing, you know, an injury. So we, we weren't able, really able to get him into a great rhythm. You know, I felt like in game one because we were managing his minutes. And I think now he's, he's fully cleared. And, you know, it's going to be, I think, through, through the minutes he gets and the pace that this G League is, is playing at, it, it fits right there with him in terms of his style of play and style of play that we want to play. So I'm really looking forward to him, you know, commanding the team at the point guard position. He's a guy that we know can score and it's going to be uh, his ability to command the court, be able to make plays when he gets to the rim. You know, he's a guy that can get into the teeth of defense. So just really being able to make the right read once he gets in there and paint decisions are going to be a big deal. And then obviously being able to defend, keep guys in front, you know, all those things that, that you want from your lead guards. You know, I'm excited to see his growth. Nate is a guy that, you know, we're all extremely high on. You know, he can really, really shoot it in a variety of ways. And same thing in regards to Nate. You know, we missed him a little bit, you know, because of, like you said, he didn't get a chance to, to play that much. Uh, we missed him for about a week here. And we're now starting to see his minutes increase and things, I think, with him uh, getting more comfortable, feeling healthy. You're going to see really what what he can do you know again this is the few only a few guys in this in this bubble right now that that can do what he does with you know flying off screens he can shoot off the dribble he puts a lot of pressure on defenses and you know when you have guys like that i I just think back when even jj was with uh the sixers with joel Embiid and ben simmons and company he's the guy that tended to hurt us more late game than anybody else with just how smart he was he would set back screens and then you have to fly at him and he'd sidestep shoot the three or pump fake get in the lane and make a little nice lob pass to to Embiid. You know, those are the kind of things with a guy that can shoot like that 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 really makes defenses on high alert and it opens up the floor. You know, it allows other guys to have driving lanes and so we're looking forward to continuing to see him grow. You know, again, uh, for all rookies, it it comes down to knowing the system, being able to pick their spots and then defending. The NBA game is fast-paced. And, and everybody was the best player on their team at one point in time in Europe or in college. So there are no off nights for anybody.
Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Jay Hernandez, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast, a Hornets assistant, of course, and currently the head coach of the Greensboro Swarm down in the G League bubble. Coach, I want to talk to you about your journey a little bit. Your professional basketball journey started as a player in Puerto Rico, three seasons there, and boy, you know how to pick a spot. I mean, that seems like as good a place as any to spend uh, several years as a pro. I've heard for years about the Puerto Rican Professional League, but only as like, hey, so-and-so went there to you know start their career or maybe to end their career, but never much about what it's like. What is it like to play professionally in a league on an island that's roughly the size of, what, Delaware? You know, there's not a whole lot of surface area to put these teams in. It's it's a paradise, a vacation destination for a lot of people. What was it like to play there as a pro? It's great. I mean, uh, my family's from there, my grandparents from there. My father played 13 years there, was on the national team. And so uh, I can remember at a very young age, you know, running around all the different courts with my dad and, you know, just feeling feeling that environment. I mean, they, they love basketball in Puerto Rico and, and the guard play there is is phenomenal. When I played there, there were there were some really really talented guards, and Carlos Arroyo was even playing in the league at the time. It's just one of those leagues that you have a chance to compete. It's physical. Guys are coming from Euro League first division to, to play there, usually from April till till July into July. So a lot of guys are end up finishing their seasons, and you know they end up coming right there. So it, it's fun. It's very competitive. You know, you allowed uh, two reinforcements. It could be anybody that come in, and then. They kind of nicknamed us the New Yorkans. You know, they, you have guys from the states that have Puerto Rican descent that can go there and play as well. So, uh, and you got the mix of the local guys that are super, super talented. So it was really competitive. It was fun for me to, to be able to go there and be a part of that environment because you play in, a, in an arena that's at you know eighteen thousand. And then the next night, you could be somewhere where there's no air conditioning and it seats 3,000 and the place is just, you know, hopping. It's, uh, you know, you got the bands in, in, in the uh, in the stands and, and people are going crazy. It feels like the whole whole room is shaking when you're playing. You know, just, just to be able to be a part of that, it, to me, it was just more more fun than anything. You know, just to, to, to know where my father played and some of the guys that were rookies when he played, you know, were, were my veterans when I went down there. So just a lot of history, just a lot of tradition, you know, a lot of NBA refs. You know, ref down there, a lot of NBA coaches. Jay Carlissimo was one of my dad's coaches, a lot of great college coaches like Gene Barto, Phil Jackson coached there. I mean, it, I mean, the list is, is heavy of guys that, that took their time to, to start their coaching careers or, or coach there, you know, in the off seasons. And, you know, yeah, for me, you know, I take a lot of pride in being able to do that. And it's definitely helped me within my coaching career and my training career when I opened my business up just to have those experiences and, and be able to talk to guys, you know, a little bit more from a player's perspective as well. And business wise, you got into, you know, almost being a, a bridge from amateur players, preparing them for the draft or professional ranks. And then yourself went to the professional coaching ranks in terms of the NBA where you've been now for, or we're getting close to a, a decade here, coach. Yeah, after I, I finished off my last year in Puerto Rico, I, I've got a unique background. My first job was in admissions. Uh, I was director of strategic planning at Hofstra University where I went and 
it's a fancy title and I still don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, let me try this out. And I did that for a while and I was really appreciative of that opportunity. And then I took it to pharmaceutical sales for a Johnson and Johnson company. And I did that for two years. And while I was doing that, I was training and, and building the clientele and found that I was doing that more so than I was doing my day job, so to speak. And talked to my wife, Allison, and I, I said, listen, I, I, I can't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. You know, I had an opportunity to go play in Puerto Rico and I had a pretty good clientele. And I said, you know what? I, I think we should go do Puerto Rico. I have camps and clinics and stuff set up for the summer. And we have about six months to try to make this work. And we started a company called Pro Hoops at that time in 2004. And really, there was nothing like it in the New York area. And, you know, we built it up to a point where we had major sponsorships deals with Under Armour and Muscle Milk. And we had a not-for-profit that we were doing, six trainers under my umbrella. And then by probably year six or so, year seven, you know, that's when it just took off from a standpoint of pre-draft. And we were working with Excel Sports with Jeff Schwartz and Goldfeder, Sean Kennedy and company. And it was phenomenal. You know, we ended up, I think, having eight lottery picks in a three-year span. And that really just raised the, the level of our program. And, and I think Orlando took notice because they were in a lottery for those few years. And, you know, every time they would ask, where are you guys training? You know, they would say, oh, we're, we're in Long Island with Jay Hernandez. And at that point in time, also Tobias Harris had been traded there and had been playing really, really well. So for me, it was almost like the perfect concoction, you know, where they were like in a need because they were so young somebody to come in and, and help develop talent that was doing it at a high level. And, you know, Jock Vaughn was phenomenal. He, he said, listen, take the whole summer, you know, and then come here in September and let's get started. So he gave me proper time to kind of divest in, in my company and do the things I needed to do to, to make those arrangements. And, um, you know, the rest is history. I got to meet JB there. and You know, I had a great experience working with him and, and you know, kind of being under his tutelage as an assistant coach. I think that's the biggest thing about the NBA is, you know, you end up meeting so many people. There's so many circumstances that happen. And you know, I was there through a multitude of coaches and, you know, it just allowed me to meet so many people and, you know, how, how much of a fraternity it is, you know, once you get in that guys look after you, you know, they, they want to see you do well. They want to see you succeed. And if you ask questions, they're, they're willing to help. And so, you know, I think the, the coolest thing for me is, since I've been in the NBA, you know, I've been able to, my first team, I was able to get with Tobias Harris and start working with him and Ben Gordon, the guys that I trained with for, and then built great relationships there with so many guys, you know, like Evan Fournier and Nick Vucevic and Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton, you name it, just great guys. And then from there, my next stop was with Kemba Walker. And both of those guys were part of my first real, you know, pre-draft class that I had, you know, and so... um you know, for me, it was just really cool that my first two experiences and the teams that I was a part of, you know, had guys that, you know, I, I helped early, early on in their career. And then it was an opportunity to reconvene with them and, and say, OK, this is what I learned. What did you learn? And then, you know, we just worked off of each other. So, you know, I think what people don't see is the 3 a.m. You know, they say, you know, you're supposed to sleep. But, you know, as soon as we get on a flight and it's, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night and we're flying to the next city. We're watching the game from the from what what just happened. We have the game loaded and we're, we're clipping stuff for, for the team. We're clipping stuff for individuals to watch film with them. And then we're also preparing for the next day's scout, you know, where you have to have almost like, you know, book reports written. And then you have to have film examples for the team as well. And the game plan has to be in place. And, you know, it's just nonstop. Like every day, you know, every hour of the day, you're thinking about, you know, how to improve your team and, you know, what, what the game plan is going to be and, and have to have that for, for you guys, you know, 82 games. And, you know, there's really not much rest when, when you're traveling that way and going from city to city and you're playing in back to backs and, and things of that nature. So I think, it, I think people would be surprised, you know, a little bit by 
the amount of work that goes into it, you know, day in and day out. Because I had no idea, you know, when I wasn't a part of this, um, I had no idea what what it would be like. You know, obviously it looks nice because you're traveling to these great cities and, and part of games, but you know, it doesn't prepare you for you know the workload once you're in it. You know, the grind of making sure that everything is, is on point because the players that we deal with are phenomenal. You know, and they they they've played against guys and they they feel like. They know certain coverages that m- might work well when they're guarding a guy like Anthony Davis or LeBron James. So, you know, you're trying to collaborate and figure out, you know, what they see as well because they're the ones that are on the court. And uh, that, that's a cool part about this whole experience. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Greensboro Swarm head coach Jay Hernandez, an assistant with the Hornets, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. You've been now a head coach in the G League head coach for the summer league team in the past as well as an assistant in your opinion what's the hardest of those three yeah they all bring you know different different things right now in regards to sitting in the seat here in the g league this this has been the hardest one so far when i first got in the league it was really hard because again i I came into a uh, situation where the staff had been there for a few years together already so they had their own terminology and glossary of terms that I was just completely unaware of you know I was I was lost for a few weeks there you know and I just figured okay do we have something here that I can look up you know so I can learn these things so at least I can ask an engaging question in the meeting you know not just sit there quiet you know that was difficult but this right here sitting sitting in the main seat and coming here and having to figure out what we're going to do with these guys from an 11-day quarantine standpoint how we're going to take care of their bodies, how we're going to progress our practices leading into the first game, you know, managing, you know, all the players, managing the staff, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So fortunately for me, uh, I had the time with the Hornets and you know, I was able to start looking at things more on a macro level, knowing that this, this was going to be a, a real possibility. And just sitting with guys like Coach Borrego and, and Jay Triano, who's, who's been in the seat, and just asking them questions and, you know, observing the way JB handled, you know, certain situations and, you know, started taking notes on things. So for me, it was more about not only the X's and O's, but just, you know, being in a bubble, you know, making sure that everybody mentally is, is okay, you know, being here for from away from family and, and friends and things like that, not being able to just, you know, after a loss, you know, go to your favorite spot and, and get a meal and stuff like that. You're kind of just here, so... You know, there's definitely some difficulty behind that and just trying to make sure that we have these guys, especially these young guys, in the right frame of mind. And, you know, I think this experience right here is, is just going to help me so, so much. And I've already, in a few games, you know, I feel a lot more confident in certain things that I'm doing and, and, and I'm growing and learning. And you know, I told our guys, we're all here because we need to be, you know, and let's let's take full advantage of it. And that's the biggest thing for me. Um, so I would say right now this has been, been the hardest experience, you know, especially because of the circumstances that surround it. But uh, it's definitely going to be probably the most valuable experience that I have to date. One last one for you, Coach. You're in a unique position to judge how the league is handling the most impactful story of our present day, and that is COVID-19. Obviously, right now, the Hornets are in health and safety protocols, and it is the second time this season that games have needed to be postponed. You are in a bubble, and the NBA ended last season very effectively in the bubble. In your opinion, 
Is it possible to have the rest of the NBA season happen without a bubble type of scenario coming into play? Yeah, I think there's there's probably smarter smarter minds than me that try to figure that stuff out, and you know, obviously there's things that they're gonna have to work out with the players' association and things of that nature. But I think they'll 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 figure it out. I think they're figuring out ways to to make adjustments and learning how to make this thing happen. You know, obviously different circumstances, but the NFL was able to get get through it, and I, I do believe the NBA will be able to get through it as well. I'm not sure how they're going to schedule some of these postponed games. I think that's going to be the difficult part in the second half of the season. But I like what they did in the beginning, from the beginning, in terms of allowing a play-in playoff format with the team 7 through 10, because you know that teams are potentially going to lose some games, you know, having four of their main guys out due to COVID or health and safety protocols. And so um, it, it's not necessarily a season where you know, you could say the best eight teams necessarily are going to make the playoffs. So I, I like the fact that allowing 7 through 10 to compete, you know, I think it's also exciting because it, it brings that little element of like March Madness. Like, let's see who gets into this, this these playing games. And that's the fun part about it as well. I think the NBA is doing a great job of adapting and overcoming in all these situations. And these are times like we've never seen before. But I really do believe that, you know, even without a bubble that the NBA season, you know, will be able to be completed. Coach, we greatly appreciate your time. We appreciate you sacrificing time with your family as well to be down in the bubble. I I know that's not easy. We appreciate all of your hard work and the effort of your team. Good luck the rest of the way with the G League bubble. And when it's time, get back soon here to the Queen City. I can't wait. I appreciate the time and uh, keep them going out there. Our thanks again to Coach Jay Hernandez, an assistant for the Hornets and the current head coach of the Greensboro Swarm. Thanks to you for tuning in as well. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today. Join us again tomorrow for another edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Till then, in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank y'all. Have a good day. Wear your mask.